And we're going to look into God's Word a little bit and see what, what the Bible has to say about heaven. There's a lot of, um, I don't know, if you, if you listen to, uh, to a lot of teaching, there's a lot of false teaching out there about what heaven's going to be. A lot of misconceptions. People are, are sometimes uh, confused about what heaven is going to be. And the best place for us to go to discover what heaven is going to be like is to the Bible. The Bible has a tremendous amount of information about heaven and what heaven's going to be. As a matter of fact, I printed off a list, and, and I'm not going to run over all of these, but these are just different things that came out of, out of study. Here's 53 facts about heaven. A lot of them, number one, it's prepared by Christ himself. Uh, it's only to those that are born again as a glorious city. Uh, the name of the city is New Jerusalem and so forth and so on. The foundation has uh, one of the names of the 12 apostles on it. Uh, each gate's a solid pearl. Think about that. Each of the 12 gates is one solid pearl. The gate itself. I, that just blows me away to think about that. Um, an angel stands guard at each of the gates. The gates will never be shut. You can constantly go in and out. I'm just hitting some of the highlights here. The river of life is there. The tree of life is there. It bears fruit every month. It's surrounded by the 24 thrones that are there. Uh, let's see. A few more things that are there in heaven. It's 53. If you'd like to have this, I'll email it to you. Um, the, the holy ark of God may be there. There's some uh, consideration on that. The main street of the city is composed of transparent gold. Um, it's a place of holiness, beauty, unity, perfection, joy. It's a place for all eternity. Uh, there may be a, a tabernacle there. There will be no temple there. Because the Lord himself is certainly there. Uh, no sea, no tears, no sickness, no pain, no death. No more thirst, no more hunger, no more sin. Say amen. I mean, no more judgment upon sin. Uh, we go a little farther. The Father will be there. The Son will be there. The Holy Spirit will be there. The Trinity will certainly all be there. I mean, there's so many things that we have, and I can email that, that to you if you want. Here's a little bit about our bodies. What will our bodies be like in heaven? All this is just stuff that's not in your notes, but I'll send it to you if you like. As far as our bodies, our bodies will be recognizable. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and over in the New Testament we can see as well. Uh, we'll be able to recognize each other. Scripture says we will know as we've been known. Um, so we'll recognize each other. It will be a body like Christ's body. Uh, it will be a body that will permit eating. We get to eat in heaven. Hello? All Baptists like that, don't they? Get to eat in heaven. It will be a body in which the, the spirit uh, predominates. It will be a body unlimited by time and gravity. Or space. How many, um, you know, you think about the gravitational pull on the body. We had lunch with Heather last Sunday and she was telling me about this, this machine where you could strap your feet in it and turn upside down and it decompresses you. You know, it's the gravitational pull. I said, you know what? I've had that gravitational pull on my body for 40 some odd years and it gets, it seems like the older I get, the fatter I get, so the more weight there is pulling down. I need that device where I can have that decompression. You ever feel like that? Sometimes you need to be stretched. You know, in heaven you won't have that, that gravity there and um, it won't be limited by that. It will be an eternal body. It will be a glorious body. Those are some of the things about the body. Several activities we'll do in heaven. Number one, there'll be singing there. Some of you that can't sing, you're going to get to sing, okay? They'll be serving there. They'll be learning there. We're going to be forever learning in heaven. I mean, so I mean, there's so much the Bible has to say about heaven, and uh, it's not it's not going to be, be this um, 
this Casper, the friendly ghost, floating around on the cloud somewhere and just kind of... I mean, it's going to be a wonderful place. But let's look a little bit farther about what the Bible has to say about heaven. Here's the first thing I want you to jot down. The Scripture says there'll be windows in heaven. So jot that down. We know there'll be windows there in Malachi chapter 3 and verse number 10 where it's talking about bringing the tithe into the storehouse, bringing the tithe into the local church. And whenever we do that, uh, the Lord says, I will open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. So we know there's going to be windows there. Uh, Also, there's a door there. The second thing you jot down, uh, there's a door in heaven. In Revelation chapter 4 and verse number 1, John the Revelator says this, After this I looked, and there in heaven was an open door. Uh, So there's a door in heaven. Thirdly, there's a throne in heaven. Jot that down. There's a throne in heaven. Uh, In Psalms 11 and verse number 14 says, The Lord is in His holy, holy temple. And... um, the Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes watch and his, he, he examines everyone. So we know there's going to be a throne there. If you have your Bibles, and I don't believe I have this on the, on the PowerPoint for you, uh, but in Revelation chapter 4, in verse number 2, I'm going to pick up reading. Immediately I was in the Spirit. And this is John writing. He says, Immediately I was in the Spirit, and there in heaven was a throne, or a throne was set. And one was seated on the throne, and one seated looked like Jasper. And you go on you, and it, get, it starts giving a, an exp, you know, describing about what, what heaven's going to be like. It says there's a rainbow uh, that surrounds the throne. Come on down, verse 4. The 24, throne, 24 thrones, and on the throne sat 24 elders clothed in white clothes. And we come on down to verse number 5. And from the throne came flashes of lightning and rumblings and thunder. Uh, burning before the throne were seven fiery torches, and uh, which are the seven spirits of God. We come to verse 6. Also bef- before the throne was something like a sea of glass, similar to crystal. In the middle and around the throne were four living creatures covering with eyes in front and in the back. And verse 7, the first living creature was like a lion, the second like a calf, the third like the face of a man, the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. Verse number 8, each of the four living creatures had six wings and they covered... Uh, they were covered with eyes around and inside and day and night, get this, day and night, they never stopped saying, holy, 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 Lord God, the almighty, who was and who is and who is coming forevermore. And then verse number nine, whenever the living creatures give honor and uh, glory and honor to thanks to the one seated on the throne, the one lives, the one who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before the one seated on the throne. And they worship the one who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne. They say, O Lord and God, you, get that, you are worthy to receive glory and honor and power because you have created all things. And because of your will, they exist and were created. Think about that day whenever we get to heaven and on that throne is going to be the Lord and and we're going to be able to lay our crowns at his feet and we're going to be able to to worship him and we're going to be able to cry out, oh Lord, you are worthy to receive glory, honor and power. Think about that. You see, the only ones that will be able to say that are those individuals that have accepted have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior because He will be the only one that is worthy to receive glory, honor, and power. You see, if you're basing your salvation in anything other than the Lord Jesus, 
You're not going to be there. Because if you were basing your salvation on, on, uh, on being a church member, you wouldn't be able to say that you are worthy. You'd have to be able to say, my Victory Church membership is worthy. Or, 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 or taking communion is worth. None of these things. It's all about the Lord Jesus Christ. So in heaven, there's going to be a throne that is there. Fourth thing I want you to jot down, there's going to be a tree of life in heaven. A tree of life is going to be there. And we're going to get to eat of this tree and, and forever and ever and ever, all through eternity. The next thing jot down, there's going to be the river of life is going to be in heaven. And the river of life is, thro- is flowing out uh, from under the throne and pure water of life is there. It's going to be easily and freely ac- accessible. We can get to the river of life that's flowing from the throne of God. There's going to be streets in heaven. And the streets in heaven, the Bible tells us, are made of, of, of pure what? Gold. Think about that. The streets of heaven, pure gold. And we look in our world today and the economy crunch that, that we seem to be under uh, across the nation and, and everyone's saying, buy gold, buy gold, buy gold. And it reminds me of a, a story of this man who was on his deathbed and he was fixing to die and he was real concerned about his wealth and his riches and he wanted to take something with him to heaven. And, and finally everybody was telling him, listen, you can't take anything with you to heaven. And finally one day the preacher came in and sat by his bedside and, and this man that was dying there, he said, Preacher, he said, will you pray? And will you ask God if I can just bring one suitcase with me to heaven? Finally, the preacher said, okay, I'll pray. I don't know what the answer is going to be, but I'll pray and see what he says. And so he prayed and got the answer and said, yeah, you can bring one suitcase with you to heaven. The man was so excited. So he went home, he packed up his suitcase and that one thing that he wanted to take with him to heaven. And he gets up there and he's there at St. Peter and he gets inside the pearly gates. And Peter said, whoa, 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 said, there are no, there are no suitcases or any baggage, any luggage allowed. Only you can come in. That has to stay at the gate. And he said, no, you don't understand. He said, I had my preacher. Had to be a free will Baptist preacher. Hello. He said, I had my preacher pray and ask God if I could bring this, this baggage and bring this luggage and bring this suitcase with me. And, and, and God said, it's okay. And Peter said, well, okay, come on in. He said, but I got to examine it before I let you in. He says, okay. He said, it's my most precious commodity that I have in this world today and in the, in the past. And I just love it so much. And, and I brought it to heaven with me. And he opens up the suitcase and Peter says, why you brought pavement. It was some bars of gold that he had stuck in his suitcase and took with him. Guys, you realize that the streets in heaven are going to be pure gold? And we, we think how valuable that is today. It's nothing. It's the asphalt. It's the pavement in heaven. We're going to be able to have those streets of gold there. I've already told you about the gates that are going to be in heaven. The next thing you can jot down, there are gates that are there. And the scripture says that each of the 12 gates is just one solid pearl. Think about that. Just one solid pearl, each of the gates that are around heaven. All that stuff is great. And all that stuff is good and, and it's going to be enjoyable to see all of that and, and to witness that and to be able to enjoy that. But the greatest thing about heaven, jot this one down, Jesus is going to be there. Jesus is going to be there. The one who loves you, the one who died for you, the one who redeemed you. And the Bible says that we're going to be worshiping him and crying out glory and honor and praise. He's the one that is worthy. Another thing that makes heaven such a wonderful place are the things that are not going to be there. There's going to be no sin there. 
There's going to be no weeping there. There's going to be no crying there. There's going to be no pain there. There's going to be no dying there. I mean, you think about all the sad events that's ever happened in your life. None of that's going to be in heaven. Hello? I mean, the separation of a loved one. You'll never be separated again. There'll be no dying there. You think about the pain that you may be in or the, or the walkers that some people have to use. None of that's going to be in heaven. I still haven't found the scripture if we're going to have hair there yet or not. I'm looking for it, but I haven't found it yet. But the thing is, heaven's going to be a wonderful, wonderful place. Is it not? The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 9. It says, but as it is written, what no eye has seen and no ear has heard and what has never come into a man's heart is what God has prepared for those who love him. The next verse talks about how he is revealing that to us. But guys, you realize it's hard for us to even imagine what heaven's going to be like. I mean, it's hard for us even to comprehend. But what I want us to do for just a moment, I want you to close your Bibles. I want you to put aside your notes. I want you to focus on the Lord here for just a moment. And let's try to just imagine what heaven's going to be like. Heaven's going to be a wonderful place, is it not? We can only just sit back and try to imagine what it's going to be. Uh, I'm looking forward to that place, are you not? I'm looking forward to it. Let me just try to share with you four or five things here quickly that we will be involved in when we get to heaven. Number one, jot this down. Heaven will involve a review. Heaven will involve a review. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each may be repaid for what he's done in the body, whether good or bad. Heaven's going to be a place of review. And here we find that we are all going to appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, whenever I look at that verse, I want you to understand something. This is only... The only people that will be at the judgment seat of Christ are Christians. This is not a judgment on whether you are saved or lost. This is not a judgment on whether you get to go to heaven or not. This is the judgment seat of Christ. If you're at this judgment, and by the way, the only way to get there is through Jesus. But if you're at this judgment... The very first thing that's going to happen when we get to heaven is this review, this judgment seat of Christ. If I am there, I'm already guaranteed heaven. Understand that? This is not judging on whether I'm going to heaven or not. This judgment is going to be on what type of rewards I am going to get. And it's going to be on what type of work and service I did. And you know what's going to be judged? Your motives. It's not going to be the work that you did, the actual work. It's not going to be the actual giving that you give. You see, it's going to be your motives that are going to be judged. In other words, why do you work the way that you work? Why do you give the way that you give? That is what's going to be judged. Let let me tell you this. I've been in ministry long enough to know that there are people who will do things for the church Because they have a hidden agenda. In other words, there may be some people that would give financially a large gift to the church. And really all they want to be is a person of influence. And they want to get their voice heard. 
Hello? Hello? You know what? I decided early on in ministry that my tongue would never be tied to a paycheck, nor would my my tongue be tied to a tither. I would preach the word if it hair-lipped the devil and everybody in the crowd, regardless of the status of the financial situation of whoever is there. But some people give so they can be more person of influence in the church. That motive will be judged. Your giving will be judged. Why do you give your tithe? Why do you give your offerings? Why do you work and serve? Why are you involved in ministry? Why are you doing all these things? That's what's going to be judged at our first review. As soon as we get to heaven, our motives are going to be judged. Why we do what we do. And we will receive a a reward or not. But right after the review is going to certainly be the the marriage feast of the Lamb. And I'm looking forward to that. Right after the judgment seat of Christ, we're we're going to roll right into the, the marriage supper, if you will. And Revelation 19 and 7 says, Let us be glad and rejoice and honor Him. For the time has come for the wedding feast of the Lamb. And His bride has prepared herself. I'm looking forward to that. I've already told you there's going to be eating in heaven. Can you imagine? I've gone to some pretty extravagant weddings. Matter of fact, uh, Zane and Kim that just got married had a beautiful reception. And at that reception, there was almost any types of foods and, and salads and, and, and refreshments and, and all types of fruit. And, and, you know, I mean, it was just amazing the way that they, it was beautiful. As I sat there and I'm, and they're introducing the wedding party and they're all coming in, I'm thinking, you know what? As extravagant and beautiful as this is, it doesn't hold a candle to that marriage feast that the Lord is preparing for every single one of us as soon as we get to heaven. Listen, we're going to have a party in heaven. As soon as we get there, it's going to be a celebration. Carlos, I don't know if they're going to have the stuff that you eat. I don't know if they're going to have I don't know if I'm going to have that stuff you bring to those men's breakfasts or not there. I, I just don't know. If that's heaven for you, maybe, maybe it will be. I don't know. But I know it's going to be wonderful, that marriage feast. But before that, it's certainly going to be the review. Second thing I want you to see that's going to, that heaven's going to involve, it's going to involve records. Did we lose our background? It's going to involve records. Not only is there review, but there's going to be records. Let me tell you something. God has a master record-keeping system. I mean, He keeps very accurate records on every single one of us. In Revelation chapter 21 and verse number 27, the Bible says that nothing profane will ever enter it. No one who does what is vile or false, but only those written in the Lamb's book of life. Do you realize that part of the record-keeping system in heaven, God has the, this Lamb's book of life that is there? And in this book of life is going to be, hopefully and prayerfully, your name. And beside your name will be every idle word, every thought, every deed, everything in your life is recorded in this book. That's quite a record system, is it not? But we read about it in Luke chapter 10, verse 20. It says, rejoice that your names are written in heaven. So this Lamb's book of life, thankfully and hopefully and prayerfully, all of our names are there. But the only way they can be there is through the person of Jesus Christ. Whenever we have salvation in Him and accept Him as our Lord and Savior, our names are written in the book. It's recorded in the book. I pity the soul whose name is not there. 
The Bible also references that in Revelation chapter 20 and verse 15. And anyone not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Hopefully your name is in the book of life. You want your name to be in the book of life. I promise you, you do. So in heaven there are, there are great records that are being kept. Every idle word and thought is being jotted down. Everything in your life. Can you imagine that? We may not want to imagine that. But one day we'll stand and we'll be judged. Now remember, this judgment is not on whether you get into heaven or not. This judgment is on your rewards that you're going to get. The possibly the five crowns that are mentioned in the Bible that, that you can earn and receive. Hopefully you'll, you'll get one of those because one of those, the crown of salvation. Hopefully you'll get one. We should all get one. Hello? But the rest of them you've got to earn and work for. And it's going to be kept a record in heaven. Do you realize that God keeps a record of everything in your life? Every thought you've had, every word you've said, every action you've done, every motive behind every action and every thought and every word, every good thing you've done, every bad thing you've done, it's all recorded in his book. And we're going to stand there. What if, I remember, I remember as a boy watching Gilligan's Island, the great theologian Gilligan, you know. I remember watching that and one day... The professor came up with this drink that you drink, and when you drink this drink, you can know everybody's thoughts, and, and, and you can know what people were thinking, well, whatever it was, about you or whatever. Anybody ever see that episode? I'm kind of dating myself here a little bit. Anybody ever seen that? I mean, it calls true. Yeah, Mr. Lauderdale, thank you for that hand in the back there. Thank you, sir. But in that episode there, there was so much bickering and fussing and fighting, and people weren't even saying anything. They were just could see what people were thinking about them, and... But do you realize, although that was a TV show, we kind of dismiss it and we think, oh, nobody knows what I'm thinking. Do you realize God knows what you're thinking? God knows what you're thinking right now. Oh, by the way, he's recording it right now in a book. It's being written down, what your thoughts are, what you're thinking. What you, you see, some of you right now be, may be thinking about a steak that you're going to be getting right after this service. And God's going to remind you, you know what? You sat in church, you were thinking about that steak at Applebee's. You know, whatever the case may be, he's recording all of that. And we need to just be aware that there are records in heaven. Third thing we find in heaven, heaven will involve rewards. Heaven's certainly a place of rewards. And when Jesus was speaking on the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 12, he says, Be glad and rejoice because your reward is great in heaven. There's going to be rewards there that are going to be given to you. Matter of fact, we are encouraged to send our, our treasure on ahead into heaven's safe deposit box. L listen to Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 20. The Lord said, lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. This is not necessarily talking about money that you can send there. It's talking about the rewards that you're going to get because you're living a, a good life with good motives and you're striving to live for the Lord and you're earning these crowns and these different rewards that are mentioned in Scripture. And, and what you're doing by doing all these things with a right heart and a right mindset and the right motive, what you're doing, you're sending your treasure ahead in the form of rewards that are going to be given you for the life that you lived here. Hello? It's a place of rewards. But also, fourthly, heaven 
will involve rejoicing. Oh, it's going to be a wonderful place of rejoicing. I mean, it's not going to be a sad, dead, and gloom place. And that, that just blows me away why some churches are like that. Hello? Why be a church where you can't laugh and, and have fun and where you can't worship together and laugh together and cry together and pray together and work together and have, have fun? We can have fun in church, can we not? Sure we can. Think about what awesome rejoicing there's going to be. It's going to be a happy place when we get there. Right? It's going to be a wonderful place, a place of rejoicing. In Luke chapter 15 and verse number 7, the scripture says that there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who don't need repentance. A lot of times people ask me, do those in heaven, do they know exactly what's going on here on earth today? You know, I don't know that I can say they do. But I do know that there are some announcements made from time to time in heaven. How do I know that? Because the Bible says that there's rejoicing. There's rejoicing in the presence of the angels over this one sinner that repents and comes to Christ than there is the 99 righteous ones. So apparently there's got to be some announcements made that, hey, somebody just came to Christ today. And there's rejoicing in heaven over that announcement that is made. And then, of course, we know the rejoicing that's going to be there simply as a, re- as a result of us worshiping the Lord the King of kings and the Lord of lords, that we're going to get to bow down and worship and think what rejoicing and what joy and honor and glory there's going to be at that day when we get to rejoice in His presence. You know what I want us to do? Why don't we just take a moment and practice? Would you like to practice? Would you like to get ready to go to heaven? I mean, the best way to get ready is to accept Christ as our Savior. But but right after that, let's practice rejoicing a little bit. You're going to do that if you go to heaven. You're going to be involved in that. I'm going to ask the praise team to come and they're going to lead us in a song. And and we've picked out Shout to the Lord. I think it's a wonderful song that we can just sing to the Lord. And I want us to all stand up. Let's all stand up together. We're going to practice rejoicing. Now, as we sing this song, as we sing this song, I want you to picture yourself in heaven. They're rejoicing with the Lord, okay? Let's sing this song together. My Jesus, my Savior, Lord, there is none like you. All of my days. All God's people said? Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Thank the Lord for that. It's going to be wonderful rejoicing in heaven. And I hope and pray you're going to be a part of that. Very last thing, and I want to close with this one. Heaven will involve a reunion. Heaven will involve a reunion. Guys, I want you to think about that. I want you to think about those loved ones that have gone on. I want you to think, for some of you, that's your mother, Daryl. For some of you, that's your dad. For some, that's your grandma or your grandpa. For some, that's your children. For some, that's your brother or your sister. For me, it's, it's many of those, but there's one in particular that I'm looking forward to seeing in heaven. And it's my great-grandpa that's inspired me so much as a preacher. I'm looking forward to that reunion day in heaven. I'm looking forward to seeing my great-aunt that lived across the road from me as I was growing up. And I remember when, when I lettered in football. That was the greatest, one of the greatest things in my life as a high school student. I got my letter jacket and my mom and dad were off on vacation and I ran across the road to my great aunt and her name was Aunt Thelma. And I said, Aunt Thelma, I got my letter jacket and I've got my letter and I've got my football and I got my number and I got my name. 
but I want to wear this to school tomorrow. Will you sew all this on there for me tonight? You know what she did? She stayed up hours. That was a hard thing for her to do. She did it all by hand. She was a little bit older and she did it all by hand. I remember I wore that letter jacket so proudly. When she passed away, she was one of the godliest women that I knew. And she passed away and they asked me to come back here from Illinois back home to preach her funeral. And I tell you, it was like a revival to stand over my Aunt Thelma and preach her funeral. She had already preached it with the life that she lived. But you know what? I'm going to get to go see her one day. Heaven's going to be a wonderful reunion. I've had the privilege of preaching Eldon's dad's funeral. What a wonderful man he was. He'd come down and visit, and I'd go over to their house and <laughs> sit and talk with him some, and we're going to see him again in heaven, aren't we, Eldon? I mean, you think about all your loved ones. You think about them. You know what? Heaven's going to be a wonderful place of reunion. The Scriptures talks about that in in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 23. This is when David's baby had died. You remember what David said? He said, now he's dead. Why should I fast? He says, can I bring him back again? And of course the answer is no. And he goes on to say, I'll go to him, but he can never return to me. David was looking forward one day to seeing his baby that had died. He was looking ahead to the reunion that he was going to get to have with his child that had died. I remember thinking about what Jesus said in John 14 and verse 3. He said, I go away and prepare a place for you. And if I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. You see, in heaven, we're going to be united with the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to be reunited with our loved ones and family members and friends and acquaintances that have died in the Lord Jesus Christ. They're in heaven today and we're going to be reunited with them. But as we think a little bit about heaven, I've just thrown out a lot of things that the Bible has to say about heaven. The final thing I want you to understand is this. Heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. You will not accidentally go to heaven. You will not die in your sleep and just wake up and go to heaven accidentally. It's a prepared place. The Lord said, I've gone to prepare a place for you. It's a prepared place for a prepared people. When do we prepare ourselves? While you're here in this life, right now, today, this morning, would you like to go to heaven? You've got to make preparation for it. You've got to prepare your heart, prepare your life, prepare yourself for heaven. Why do I do that? Do I do that by working the churchyard cell? I hope not because I have almost made a vow never to do one of those again. That's hard work. You don't go to heaven by doing good works for the church. You don't go to heaven by doing good works for the community. You don't go to heaven through a a number of things that people anchor their faith in. You go to heaven because you have a relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And it really doesn't matter what church you go to. It doesn't matter what denomination you're in. It matters, do you know Jesus? Have you met Him? And does He know you? Well, how do I do that? Well, you realize that you've sinned. And you realize that He is the sinless Son of God who died on the cross for your sins and for my sins and the sins of the entire world. 
And you realize that he died on that cross and he paid your sin debt and he was buried and he was in the tomb three days and he resurrected from the tomb. He came out of the tomb victoriously and he's ascended to the right hand of the Father. And you believe that and believe that he was the Son of God that died for your sins. And you ask him into your heart and into your life. And you begin that relationship with him. And on that ticket and that ticket alone... Can you go to heaven? Heaven's a prepared place for prepared people. I wonder as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. I wonder this morning, have you prepared yourself? Have you prepared yourself? Oh, the reunion's going to be awesome. The reunion, the rejoicing. Seeing the throne of God worshiping there for a few thousand years and then get up and go sit by the riverbank for another few thousand and eat from the tree of life and fellowship with old acquaintances you haven't seen in a number of years. It's going to be wonderful. But it's a prepared place for prepared people. Have you made that preparation? Father, right now, I commit this time of reflection and invitation to you. Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit of God would do His work right now by tugging on our hearts, knocking on our heart's door. You promise, you promise us that if we would open the door of our heart, that you would come in and sup with us, And we'd be able to sup with you. You're there knocking this morning on someone's heart. God, I pray that they would open the door and allow you to come in. May someone here today begin a relationship with you. May someone here today recommit, rededicate, give their life back to you. May we prepare ourselves for heaven today by repenting of our sins and calling on you, Jesus, to be our Lord and our Savior. God, I pray that you'd do a work that only you can do in this time of service. In Jesus' name we pray. As we have this song of reflection, I want to encourage you to think about yourself. Are you ready? If you were to die right now, if you were to die in your sleep tonight, are you ready? Have you made preparation? It's that serious. Have you made preparation? I hope and pray you have. As you pray, please take out your connection cards and fill those out and let us know what decision you made today so that we can help you and pray for you and follow up with you. God bless you. Another rainy day can't recall having sunshine on my face. All I feel.